Good evening, hello. Welcome to Trinity, especially if you're new. It's great to have you with us. I know there's a load of people trying us out. A few people have already moved into the town uh, or maybe in Gloucester for uni. There's some guys who've traveled to us from other churches. There are people who've come for work I've met tonight. And then there are people I, I know and, and love from seeing you all over. So anyway, welcome to the mess and the mishmash that is Trinity Cheltenham. So good to have you with us. Um, who nicked the sun? Who's taken the sun? It's just outrageous, isn't it? We've just gone from like, you know, it was summer, you know, for 20 minutes, and then, and now it's not. It's now autumn, isn't it? You know, um, anyone put the heating on yet? Yeah, oh, a few nods. I'm not allowed to. Nikki, my gorgeous wife over here, won't allow me to until you know, Christmas Eve or something, something like, like that. So there's a picture coming on the screen of, of, of some rocks. I've got, I've got three for you on this picture. Thanks, Jay. Second slide. Thanks, friend. Um, so you can absolutely, if you just want to sit and think about this for yourself, not everyone enjoys talking to others. Um, so if you just want to think for a moment, but if you want to turn to a neighbour, um, if you had to pick three priorities, three things that you would say are most important in your life, what would they be? You've got one minute. Off you go. Think for yourself. Please feel free to do that. Or if you want to talk to uh, someone who's alongside. Great. Okay. So uh, shout out. Anyone? Shout out something. Priority. Big rock. Don't have to do all three. Just shout it out. Sports. I think. Do you say sports or spots? Sports, spots, yeah. Anyone shout out? Food, friends, chocolate. Anything else? Sorry? Finding something. Kids. Okay, so. I love the fact that lots of us wouldn't describe ourselves as followers of Jesus. Not yet, Jay. Don't show them that yet, mate. <laughs> You've got one job. You just click at the right time, okay? Um, okay, the correct answer is Jesus. Maybe not. I love the fact there's loads of us in the room, different, you know, some of us would say we're followers of Jesus, other, others of us, maybe you wouldn't say that. And uh, I, you know, you are so welcome wherever you are on the journey. Someone has said, don't let someone become a priority in your life when you are just an option in theirs. Don't let someone become a priority in your life when you are just an option in theirs. Bit of life um, kind of stuff for maybe one or two of us actually, genuinely. But do you know that you're not an option in God's thinking? I, I hope you know that. I hope you know that, you know, if, if God was thinking about his priorities, and I can't get my head around this, but if you, if you like, there would be a rock if we want to use that kind of imagery, for every single one of us in this, in this room, whether you feel like you know God at all, whether you connect with him at all, or you've been connected, you are his priority. Now, that, that's mad because obviously we're, we're only able to maybe cope with, well, some of us clearly only with one priority, loads of people, none whatsoever. A little bit worried for you. But God is able to, because he's God, he's able to have every single one of us 
as, as his priority. And I can absolutely assure you, I mean, I've been following Jesus for, for a long time. When I was 13, a lot of, I've, I've told you this, when I was 13, that was the first time. And if you're, if you're in the room wondering what makes somebody a Christian, when I was 13, I said, yes, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you're God. Walk, you walked on earth and I believe that you died on the cross for me. I had the great privilege of growing up in a Christian family, so God was always part of my life. I, I would say there was never a time in a way that I didn't believe in God kind of being there. But when I was 13, that was when I said, this is personal. I'm, I'm recognising that I'm not just optional, you know, to you, God. I'm, I'm, I'm not just sort of kind of like one of a number of pebbles on a beach, to use that as a kind of imagery. I'm a, I'm a priority for you. And, and then from that moment on, I've been trying to think to myself, what does it mean for God to be a priority in my life? In fact, what does it mean for God to be the priority in my life? As a church, we're thinking about this. We're asking ourselves, what, what are the big rocks, the, the foundations? If you were to say, you know, what's Trinity about? And there'll be a few people in the room. You're, that's the question you've got. You're looking at some, there are brilliant churches across the whole of this town. And you're trying to say to yourself, well, what, you know, what's the thing about Trinity? What would I need to know? What, I, what would I want to know if... You know, I'm going to take this place seriously because we're going to take you, you seriously. Then we, we said to ourselves a couple of weeks ago, we said the first thing is that we are people. Tim Grew, one of our pastors, uh, one of the other pastors here, was saying our first thing is being lovers of God. We, we were talking about it in the context of worship and prayer. And we were saying how everything we, we are as a, as, a, as a church in the Bible, some of you will know this, but in the middle bit of our Bibles where there's a, a, a songbook of the Bible called the Psalms, one of those says, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. This is God. We enter into God's presence with thanksgiving and we enter into his courts. We enter into, into relationship with him, presence with him through praise. And we were reflecting, we were just saying, obviously there's a bit of a danger that you can kind of only just do the kind of, you know, the, the, the sing a big song kind of thing. But actually it's when you're in the presence of God, when you enter in through thanksgiving and praise, that's when you get changed. And that's why as a church family, we put such a big deal on our singing, our worship, but also our praying together. So next Friday night, don't count yourself out. Count yourself in. If you're part of this church family, we would love you to come and pray with us. Because when we all join together, when we all say our yes to God, it, it makes a difference in the world. I, I don't know how exactly it works, but I do know that is the deal because God has said, that's it. When we pray, we come into his presence and things change. And then last week we were talking about, uh, again, one of the big sort of kind of rocks here in our church life, if you're thinking about this, is that we believe that we, we have God's word in our hands, we have God's truth in our hands. We have God's will, God's desires, God's passions, God's pleasures, God's hopes, God's dreams in our hands in this book, the Word of God, the Bible. But we also have God with us, God the Holy Spirit. Now, 
Every follower of Jesus, I hope and I believe, will say something like, you know, we believe in the Bible and we believe in God being with us. But you know what? And here's, here's the next picture. It's a kind of, these are the train tracks. I might have missed out a slide, Jay. You can tell me off in a moment, haven't I? I have. Let's go to train track world. Thank you. Can you click? Is it? Okay. Quite technical for you because you've got to miss out a slide and then go to another one. It's got to count. One, two, three. It's really, yeah. So, I love Jay. Uh, and do you remember I said, you know, maybe some of you here in the morning, you know, we're saying, if you don't have word and spirit, then, you know, you're not on the twin train tracks. Here's the real picture um, that kind of that cartoon was, was based on. These guys had been making these trains and they didn't join up. And so for us as a church family, we have, Simon was talking about this last week, we do believe that, that God, because the Bible tells us, that the good news about Jesus and about God and the relationship that he wants to have with us and the difference it makes to our lives comes in this equal balance, these twin train tracks of God's word in our hands and his spirit being open to God's presence and spirit in our hearts. I don't know, maybe you've not experienced quite, you know, Tim led us to be quiet for a moment and just say, come Holy Spirit, let's, let's encounter, encounter your presence. Over the years, I've met a few people that have told me about amazing things, amazing experiences, amazing things that I could do, and then discovered that they've never, ever done it themselves. They know everything about it, but they've never actually experienced them, it, it themselves. I don't know, maybe you're here tonight and you kind of know a lot about God. But have you really experienced God? Is, is that a hope you've got? Is that a desire that you've, that you've got at the beginning of a, a new kind of academic year, at the beginning of a September? You're saying, I would like, I'd love to go deeper in this relationship. Don't want to just know about you, God. I really want to meet with you, God. And we believe these twin train tracks, this is how it happens. Um, a guy called R.T. Kendall, who's an old writer, an old speaker, said the problem is if you only have the word without the spirit, then you can very easily, if you don't have you know, a sense of God with you and connecting with you, you can really get into just being religious. You can you know, just sort of make it a rule book. You can, you can be, I'm going to try harder. You know, I've, I messed up, I didn't, I'm going to try harder. And you dry up. I wonder if there's anyone in the room who feels a bit dry. Your relationship with God has just become a, feels like a, a you know, feels like a set of rules. Just, you, you know, you wake up every, you feel like you're disappointing God. So anyone, don't put your hand up, don't worry. Anyone here who feels, you know, kind of like God's just a little bit disappointed with you? Uh, are you just a little bit disappointed with you? You know, has faith, has, has this living relationship become, become a bit like that? Of course, the other thing is if you just only kind of go on experience, you maybe only go on Holy Spirit buzz kind of times. As, as long as I get just enough of God on a Sunday evening, then I'll survive Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Th you know, this guy, Artie Kendall, said, well, you may just then blow up. <laughs> 
We need these twin train tracks of openness to God's spirit, openness to God himself, but also um, also his word in our hands. And then tonight, just briefly, our third and final one is about being kingdom people, people of the kingdom. And that takes me back to that quote, I, you know, about, about who's your priority in life. Because if God is your priority, then basically to say that we are a people of the kingdom. And some people will know this language. You know what I mean when I talk about the kingdom of God. Others of you are sitting there thinking, you know, what is this? It's very simple. It's essentially who's, who's king of your life. Who's, who's got the crown? Because being a kingdom people means that, that we're saying that we know that God is God. As, as someone once said, he's not applying for the job. He is God. And he's king. And however imperfectly, when I was 13 years old, that's what I was kind of saying. Look, I want to explore the rest of my life, trying to work out what it means for you to be king of my life. And there there are times when I've turned the relationship with God just into rules and duty. I've had my own, you know, maybe you're familiar, there's a top 10 commandments, aren't there, from God, the 10 commandments. And every one of us has our own version of those, don't we? Yeah? And you kind of think to yourself, as long as I'm doing all right on about six or seven of them, I'm okay. I've turned my relationship with God loads of times in my life into that kind of way of thinking. Whereas God wants a relationship. So many times when I pray, I kind of go to God and I I say, I think I was saying this a week or so ago. um, Forgive me, I'm getting old. I just repeat myself. So often I go to God and I say, God, I've had to think about all the options available to you and I've narrowed it down to two. Which is it? I just need your confirmation, God. (laughs) That's not a living relationship. That's not what God... That's not what being a a kingdom person, a citizen, this is the language that the Bible uses, being a citizen of the kingdom of God, that, that state of living where God is in his right place in your life. That, that state of being where God is in his right place in your life. And and this church family, what we're passionate about, I've said worship and prayer, I've said word and spirit and trying to think what the twin train tracks, you know, what that looks like to be balanced and not erring in one way or the other. This is our sort of kind of third rock, being a people of the kingdom where we want to say, God, you're king. It's your will. It's what you want, and it's, it's your way, the way of the kingdom. It's, it's a life that's not governed by world stuff. It's a life that's governed by spiritual truths, by, by God. Um, uh, this, is the, this was the core of the message that Jesus had. Some of you will know this. So if, if we look, as, um, thanks, Jay, going up on the screen, some verses from Mark 1, 14 to 15. So Mark, one of the four people who... 
capture Jesus' light for us, the gospel writers, they capture Jesus' life, Mark and Matthew. And here's Mark says, after John, so that was one of the earliest followers of Jesus, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near, the rule of God, the right, God in his right place, it's come near, it's here. And then he says, repent. And that word, as we've often said, means to not only kind of change direction. I'm heading towards stuff away from God and I'm going to turn and go towards God. It also means changing the way you think. Taking on a a God worldview, a God way of thinking. He says, repent and believe the good news. And then Matthew, one of the other four gospel writers, says this, doesn't he? He says, seek first his kingdom. Seek first God's right place in your life and his righteousness, his right way of living, and then everything else, all these things, everything else that you could ever want or need will be given to you as well given to you in the sense that you'll get all wisdom you'll know how to do life anyone here who wants to know how to do life anyone here who who needs more wisdom you got some big questions and you're trying to work out what's here's what is said put God as king of your life your life first seek that first Make him your priority because you are his. You're not just an option for him. Is he an option for you or is he he a priority for you? That's what we're passionate about as a church family. And if you you want this to be your home and we'd love every single one of you, whether you feel confident about your relationship with God or you're just trying out, that's not the point. It doesn't matter how much we know. But if you want to be part and join in with who we are, then we're a people saying we want to have God as king of our lives. And it, it makes just the biggest difference. Ben, just come and read for us something that that King Jesus did. And then this is the kind of thing that he said, if you're my follower, if if you're saying yes, I'm putting God as king, this is the kind of life that you're called to lead as well. Ben, thank you. Do you want to? Oh, yeah. Great. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately, they received their sight and followed him. Thanks, Ben. Just mind, do you mind lobbing that on there? Thank you so much. This, this was what Jesus did. And, and Jesus said, if you make God, you know, if you make me king of your life, then what that means is you're going to spend time with you. You're going to be closer to me. It means that you're going to, you're going to do more of the things that I did. And, and do you notice what was going on in that story? So first of all, uh, there was compassion. So, so when we say that God, God is king, that we're people of the kingdom, when God's in his right place, then our hearts change. We get soft hearts. 
And so that's why as a church family, we do a lot of the things we do. It's out of having soft hearts. Have you got a soft heart or a, a hard heart? Can I, I tell you guys, I, I just feel so much for it. We've got the real blessing of all ages tonight. But a lot of you live in a world that I've never had to live in. If you're a student or you're at school or sixth form or you're a young adult, you live in a world with all the social media kind of world on it that I've never had to occupy. I mean, I'm getting a little bit of it now because being the leader of a church is kind of an interesting experience at the moment, as is lots of other things. But what I notice about the world that so many of us all, you know, in different ways, but particularly some of you, it's a really horrible, hard world. People, you know, aren't having you as their priority. They may kind of say that, but it just doesn't turn out to be real. But we don't want to go further down the route of hardness. We don't want to, you know, kind of be aggressive in the way that the world is aggressive on social media in other ways and judgmental in the way that the world is judgmental. I'm not, by the way, saying that wrong things shouldn't be called out. But we want soft hearts. We want hearts of compassion. Because if we know what God has forgiven us for, if we know the true state of our own being, if we know the need for God's mercy, that we don't get treated as we deserve. God doesn't treat me as I deserve. He died on the cross for me, even though I constantly mess up. And then he gives me his grace. He gives me new life. He fills me with the Holy Spirit. He's cheering me on. If I know the reality of that, then, and I let God come into my life, then I'll have a soft heart towards others. Did you notice that, that Jesus had compassion? He was moved by what he saw. Do you notice that he asked the two blind guys, what do you want me to do for you? You might have been thinking to yourself, wasn't it obvious? But you know, that's the question that Jesus asked you. What do you really want me to do for you? Don't, don't, you know, think God can see, of course, immediate and obvious needs. But he is saying to you tonight, he's saying to every single one of us, what, what do you really want me to do for you? Maybe there are people here tonight and... Just like these blind men, you need physical healing. See, we believe as being people of the kingdom that we can also experience these signposts because that's what they were when Jesus did his miracles. They were signposts to the bigger story of the kingdom, the story of God. And we've seen that happen here. And we, we pray loads of times and don't see anything happen, but that doesn't stop us praying. Being a people of the kingdom means we're always going to pray and say, God, will you meet these people, this person, if they've got a physical need? There's actually a little picture thing going on in this story. Some of you may know that the need, the physical need was real, but also actually the writer is saying something about spiritual eyes. Could, could people around these people see spiritually what was going on was the big picture? I sometimes describe becoming a Christian. I sometimes describe saying, yes, God, I believe that Jesus, in Jesus, you died on the cross for me. And I'm asking you, God, the Holy Spirit to fill me, which is what we do, is a bit like going from, color, from black and white TV to color. 
To be born again, which is the language we use, to be spiritually born again, is that sense of which you come alive to everything. You wake up and you smell the roses. And this is what we do. This is what it means for us to be a church where we're people of the kingdom. And that's why in all our celebrations, for example, we have time in prayer. We're going to do that tonight because we believe that God wants to meet you. If you've got a question, if you've got a, an answer to that, when he's saying, what do you need? What do you want me to do? That he wants to answer. He wants to meet you. It, it's why we have various of the things that we do. It's why we do the stuff with Ukraine. It's why we have various things that we do, feeding people and trying to care for people as a church family. That's what it means to be part, part of here, Trinity. It's why they're fundamental to who we are, doing the things that Jesus did. So... Where are you? First step, as I've said, to all of this, becoming a kingdom citizen person is to be born again. Here's, here's a verse from John 3, 5. If you can find that one for me, uh, Jay, I have absolutely no idea where I am in my talk. So if you can work it, do you not either? No. I don't. Oh, you do. Doing better than me. Jesus answered us, asked a question, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God. No one can enter into this relationship with God in charge of their life, loving them, embracing them, cheering them on, leading them, empowering them, meeting their deepest needs, unless they are born of water and the spirit, born again. God, I'm turning to you. I'm turning to you. Come, come into my life. And, and secondly, here's, a, here's another verse. Thanks, Jay. Colossians, one of the Paul writing to an early church in a place called Colossae. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. So this is the imagery of putting on clothes every day. Some of us, you know, we, you, we have to be spiritually reborn. We need that rebirth. But every day it's a choice, isn't it? Do I put on the God clothes? Do I say, yes, God, Holy Spirit, fill me and keep filling me? Do I clothe myself with the things of God, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You know, did you notice that Jesus was interruptible? Some of you will know if you know the, you know, the Bible quite well. It, this comes, the incident with the, the healing of the two men was between Jericho and Jerusalem. He's on his way. God's, uh, Jesus is on his way, you know, he's God, to the end of the story. He's kind of like head down, going there. But yet, he's still interruptible by two people shouting so loudly. Their desperate need. They know who he is. Son of David. Don't reject us like everyone else. And he stops. And he turns. And he meets that. Are you interruptible? Am I interruptible? If I clothe myself each day with the clothing of the world, hey, I'm a busy lead pastor. I'm a busy person. I'm doing this. I've got this. I've done, you know. The answer will be no. 
But as a kingdom person and we put on kingdom clothes, we'll be interruptible, just like Jesus was. Can you just go to the very last slide? Thanks, Jay. So here's a picture of someone leaping. Absolutely no idea what it's about, but I needed a picture, really. Are you going to take the leap? I'd like to ask some questions. I just would like to ask some questions for us to think about tonight. And then I'm going to invite us to stand if we feel able to, if that's what we want to do. And then I'm going to pray. And I'm going to invite people. I am going to say, you know, and don't wait necessarily, you know, for me to say this. If you just know tonight is a night where actually you want to say, Jesus, God, I want you. I'm wholeheartedly saying, you have the crown. Or you're, you're here tonight and you do have this, you hear God saying, what do you need? What do you want? And you want to step forward as a sign of kind of stepping into that. So here's my questions. To be a people of the kingdom of God, to say that Jesus is Lord. Is Jesus Lord over every part of your life. Second question, do you feel sure in your relationship with God? Do you feel sure in your relationship with God? Because one of the things that the Holy Spirit does when he fills us is assure us that we are children of God, that we're citizens of heaven. So here's my second question. First, is Jesus Lord over every part of your life, my life? And my second question, are you sure, do you feel sure of your relationship with God? Just think about that for a moment. My third question for any of us here who would say we're followers of Jesus, when people meet you, do you feel like good news? 
when they meet you at the moment, does it feel like good news? Because if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, if we have compassion and love and kindness and gentleness, then we're going to feel like good news, aren't we, to other people? And my final question is, are you a thermostat or a thermometer in your life? Okay. Difference between the two? A thermometer adjusts to the temperature. When I was a student, I lived at least three or four different lives. Andrew, the Christian, member of church, Andrew, scripture union, a scripture union, sorry, social union sec, Andrew, prop in the rugby team, they were all different. So I just want to ask you that question, are you a thermometer at the moment, you adjust just to the temperature of what's around you, or are you a thermostat, are you somebody who's setting a temperature? a kind of godly way where you are or not shall I tell you my answers to those questions personally sometimes a bit but not as much as I would like. That's the truth. I know that in this moment, having dared to ask you such big questions, I need to be prayed for. Because the truth is that Jesus isn't Lord of absolutely every bit of my life. There are bits of my life where I put the crown on myself. That's the truth. There are situations where I'm a thermometer. I'm not a thermostat. I'd like to think I influence everything in godly ways, but I don't. I'd love to tell you that whenever you meet me, I'm just good news. But I'm not. I mess up. I am not always full of gentleness. I'm not always full of compassion. I don't always love you in the way that I should love you. So when we're going to have pray, I'm not going to dare to ask you those questions without being really honest with you about the truth. But what I do know is that my God, I'm one of his priorities. And my God wants to embrace me. And he loves me. And he wants me to grow as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. He wants me to experience more of his love and his power. He, he's cheering me on. He's been doing it since I was 13. I'll be 60 on Tuesday. He's not stopped. And he's not going to stop, ever. 
So the invitation I have for you tonight, I hope, is an invitation about God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, that if we're real with him, what do you want? If we're real with him, it will change our lives, always for the better, always for the best.